Welcome to Solo Solutions, short bite-sized episodes of the podcast which will help you create strategies to improve your physique, your mindset, your performance, your health and your business. We all know that action leads to momentum and momentum leads to big goals. These episodes are designed to give you one key tip or one key strategy to help you push through your sticking blocks and get into the best condition, mindset or business possible. If there's one thing I see quite regularly that stops people from achieving their potential, whether that's in business, work, social life, physique development, it's worrying what people around them think of them. A lot of the times our environment has dictated in the body composition realm what our physique is like. Friday, Saturday nights out with the boys, um, we're looking at like meals out, big foodies, and people tend to identify themselves as this thing. So when they decide to make a change for, uh, you know, in, in their mind the better, often it's met with a little bit of a backlash, and often that's met with a little bit of worry that these people may not see me the way I want to be seen. These people may judge my new behaviours, my new habits, and. In this episode of Solar Solutions, I want to sort of give you a couple of stories about the things I've learned in in my life that has helped me overcome to a degree worrying what other people think of me. Now, anyone that knows me, anyone that's met me, knows I very much speak my mind. I I'm a chatterbox by nature, and and some people love this, and some people it rubs them the wrong way. Some people my energy is infectious. Some people it may come across as annoying, and but this wasn't always the case. I went through my teenage years um, struggling with the opposite sex, struggling to get any long-term friendships besides a few very, very phenomenal people. And a lot of the times I questioned who I was. And a lot of the times it led me to deliberately be somebody I wasn't. As I said before, I am loud, I am talkative, I am energetic. I was once called by an old boss like the Duracell Bunny. But I spent most of my years watching TV shows of the people I deemed as cool and tried to be more aloof, tried to be quiet, tried to be more broody because I think I thought that would balance out and make people like me more. And in turn, what I was really, really doing is, is, is doing the opposite. And it's now at this point in my life where I finally say that for the most part I don't really care what people think of me and I'm now in a position where that allows me to attract the right kind of people into my life. So I want to go through and explain a couple of stories that that taught me this. And the first one was at university. So I went to I went to university in a small town called Aberystwyth and if, if no one's ever been it's a it's a seaside town on the edge of Wales. It has two nightclubs and 52 pubs, more than any place in the UK per pubs per square mile. Um, my parents had owned pubs before I was born. A lot of my upbringing was around drinking and alcohol, and and I really, too much so to a degree, like threw myself into this social environment. This was my chance to get out of my comfort zone and really start to find out who I was as an individual. It didn't work too well for my grades in a lot of ways. But it really, really helped me in a lot of ways become the individual that I am. So a couple of lessons I learned during this time. 
on the first night at university, there was a couple of people that I knew that came from my school to Aberystwyth University. And my plan was to hang out with them at the student union bar that evening. Now, I got there a little bit late for various reasons. I got chatting to a couple of other people, and I ended up being a little bit later than everybody else to the student union. As you can imagine, first night of Freshers' Week, um, and it was rammed. There was people from all walks of life. Aberystwyth is a very multicultural, very different people, very different upbringings, very different education levels. There's people from the smartest people in the room to the most street smart person in the room. And I got to this queue and I, I didn't know how to behave. A lot of my upbringing through life was trying to fit in, trying to be the person I felt the group would want. And I realised I'm on my own, I don't have anyone to cling to, and every group is different. So after shitting myself for a little bit of time, I realised I had to start a conversation with somebody. And, and that was one of the best nights out to this day I've ever had in my life. I didn't have to worry what the groups wanted. I found my own group. And if I didn't, if I didn't get on with this group, fine. There's a million other people in there. And that taught me an amazing lesson that your best interactions come from letting go, relaxing, giving the true self to the people around you. And if someone doesn't like you for something, there's a million other people. The next lesson I got from university was through fancy dress. You may have seen from my Instagram, you may have seen from my Facebook, that I certainly in my university days loved fancy dress. I probably went into my overdraft purely to buy fancy dress outfits. I have been Buzz Lightyear, I have been Gene Simmons, hence the, the, the thumbnail of this podcast. I have been Shrek, I have been um, the BP oil spill. That was a really interesting one. Um, basically, I was invited to a birthday party of an ex-girlfriend who was a massive environmental geography uh, <laughs> lover. And I was, I was young, immature, and I, I'm not necessarily proud of the reasons behind this, but I thought... In the around the world theme, the BP oil spill would be the thing to do. I'm fitting the theme, but I'm also being a bit of a dick. Not proud of that. I'm older and wiser. But the point of the matter is, I've done a lot of fancy dress. And I started to notice trends in these fancy dress outings that I went to about the commitment to fancy dress and how people perceived you. You see, when we went to fancy dress outfit, out, you know, nights out, the two people that sort of like in rank order, the people that got the less, the least attention, were the people that put half the effort in. The people that met less people, the people that had less fun, the people that had more social interactions, were the people that put the least effort in. The people that sort of put on a funny hat and said it was fancy dress. It'd be better for those people not to do it at all. Because how you do one thing is how you do everything. And those people worrying about what people think of you but wanting to get involved and not putting everything into it tended to come across, and not some of these people weren't, but come across more boring, less imaginative, less creative, less fun. And it's all because of this fear of what they would be judged if they poke fun at themselves and make a fool at themselves. On the flip side, the people that didn't do it at all, nothing really changed. They didn't get, you know, a negative reaction, but they didn't get an overly positive reaction. They were just like, I didn't know what was happening, or I don't do fancy dress. Yeah, I learned very quickly by 
going into this and just going all in on these events and just taking the mick out of myself that people more gravitated towards me because I was they knew I was the person that was approachable, the new person that could poke fun of myself, the new person they could relax around. And that came from going all out in these fancy dress outfits and, and not being scared to be judged, be laughed at. Because at the end of the day, who cares? And the people that came up and spoke to me were the people that I wanted to hang out with anyway. The people laughing at the bar. I don't really want to be friends with the people that judge someone for what I thought was an amazing fancy dress outfit. Not always, some of them were a bit shit. And then coming after university, you know, getting through university really, really helped me start to develop who I was. And there's two lessons I think I want to leave you with after this that formed this even and solidified this even more in my adulthood. And the first one of those is an event I went to called the Waking Up Weekend. So the Waking Up Weekend is, is something that's a, an event put on in the UK and they do it in America also. And this is, it almost formed the basis. Tony Robbins went to the original ones of these events and a lot of the things he learnt, he put into his, his big grand events you see today. The Waking Up Weekend, the aim of this is to teach you a little bit about your mindset, a little bit about the way you think and also do actual processes, actual tasks to sort of break through some of those sticking points and some of those barriers. Now, I'm not going to go into detail on all, all the all the tasks we did in this video or any video because it really is something you have to see and do to get the most out of it and if I share too much and people always said this before when nah you won't get the most out of it I'll tell you what happens because you'll know and you'll hold yourself back when you don't know and you push out your comfort zone you have to act and that in itself forced you to be you you go into environment where you don't know anything deliberately and you're in a, you know, you're, you know, I chose on that day. I went with a friend of mine who helped to run the event, and I deliberately chose to sat the opposite end of the room from when I walked in because I was like, I want to get the most out of this, and if I've got a safety blanket, it will not happen. So that wasn't my original point, but that is in itself a lesson in that, you know, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. You'll find the real you through struggle. You'll find the real you through challenge, and you'll find out what you really enjoy, and. You'll become proud of that as you get better at it. But there was one drill they did, and it was called the lunchtime drill. And every lunchtime you had 30 seconds, and you had to walk up to someone at the start of lunch, and you had to find someone you actively did not want to have lunch with, and say, I want to go have lunch with you. And then when you sat down for lunch, you had to tell them why you didn't want to have lunch with them. And I'm looking around and I'm being a bit judgmental and I'm going, okay, who, who's going to be the person that gets the most? It's definitely going to be that person that's, that's spent the whole day thinking aliens exist and is going for you know magic mushroom breaks halfway through the event. And yes, he did get a few people. And tell you what, I actually want to go and have lunch with that guy now. Way more interesting than I gave him credit for at the time. But so did I. And I sat there initially and I was like, man, what is wrong with me? Why, does, why am I coming across so poorly? And I sat down with these five people that asked to go to lunch with me. And we went around the room. And four out of five people showed me. And the one other person, the one person that didn't properly answer, just said, I hadn't spoke to you yet, so I was just going to like speak to you. That's her not letting go and being herself at that stage. The other four people are more invested in this process. The reason why they, they struggled with me 
was because I appeared maybe more confident than I was. I was midway through a diet at that time, so I was in shape, I was loud, and it wasn't about me. What I realized is the judgment that these people had, and this is the, what the, the purpose of this, this practice, and what they came back from lunch to, to, to explain to us all, is that our judgments are not our reality. Our perceptions of somebody, or the, the image that this person portrays in public or on social media, is not about them. It's about us and the way we feel about ourselves. The people that struggled with my apparent loudness and confidence often struggled with confidence in public speaking of their own. The people I wanted to go and have lunch with were the people that I did not understand, that questioned the way I believe in myself. And that was a very powerful lesson to realize that like people will always judge, but 90% of the time it's not about you. People are wrapped up in their own lives and their own bubbles. And there's that famous quote is that you'll stop caring what people think of you when you realize how seldom they actually do. Every day, we're going through our own story, our own narrative. The waking up we can recall this out process. The way we look and the way we perceive the world based on the actions that we have had happen to us or the things that we have done in the past that have formed the way we see the world. And when you think about that, this is just a message to the brain. It's never about you. And when you kind of get your head around that, it's, it's very, very freeing to realize that you just be you. There will always be people that judge. And there will always be people that like you for who you are. And those are the people that you want to surround yourself with and bring you up. And the people that judge are people that challenge you, that may make you realize things about yourself and change and develop the way and the person you are. So neither interaction is a negative. It taught me to go into every interaction with a positive outlook on it because it's going to form and develop the character that I've become. The last thing I sort of want to discuss is I've been in some environments in my life where I felt that I couldn't be myself. Um, and whether that's professionally or personally where I had to be a certain way I had to act a certain way I had to say a certain thing I had to believe a certain thing I had to hang out with certain people and I'm not allowed to hang out with other people and it taught me a lot about the way I define happiness because I I've had periods of time where I've been not ridiculously comfortable financially but doing okay and I've been more miserable than the times where I've been more poor. I've had times, and vice versa. And I've had times where I've been more miserable in relationships than being when I was single. And more times I was happy in a relationship than when I was single, and vice versa. And I think if I hadn't come to, gone through these experiences and come through these realizations, what the main thing I realize is that when you don't live by your values, that is when you're unfulfilled. You're not unfulfilled because you haven't hit a certain income bracket or a certain body composition. Now, don't be wrong, these things can help. But in the years, in the decade that I've worked in the personal training industry and in the close to 31 years of life, whenever I've seen someone 
get a business. The business may have helped them build confidence. The income may have helped them build confidence. But it's not the money that's made them happy. It's the skills and the experiences and the processes it took them to get there that's made them happy. When I look at every good client result that I've ever had, I'm always proud of the body composition that they have. But both myself and the client, it's not about that. That confidence has come about through creating habits, creating discipline, going beyond what they thought was possible, changing the viewpoint they had on themselves that they are, they can accomplish something bigger than what they thought. I will leave this episode with a client story from a client of mine called Winston. Winston was recovering from prostate cancer and very much lacked confidence in the way he, he was. He had no structure, he had no routine outside of his work, which was primarily his life. He never took a single photo of himself, and if you found his Instagram, it'd be pictures of his wife, scrolled down the whole thing. Halfway through our time working in Winston, he, he started taking me selfies in the gym. And I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is good. We, we started to build this confidence. Halfway th- you know, as we come in through, we got more and more confident. We started to book a photo shoot. It wasn't about the abs. It wasn't about the body composition, although that helped. It was to show the change in his confidence and his way he carried himself. A week before the photo shoot, the gym shut due to lockdown and COVID restrictions. But because of his newfound confidence, we came to the suggestion that we're going to do this in the middle of Tamar Park in Hong Kong, the most densely populated city in the world where he's happy to take his shirt off and he's got those photos to showcase for life and that's confidence that's taken him throughout life, whether he keeps his abs or whether he doesn't. And that's the importance of bettering yourself. That's the importance of acting and living to your values. That's the importance of putting yourself first and not caring what anybody else thinks of you. People like your boss, people like your family, yes, You should care what they think if they're paying your bills or you're living in their house, but not at the expense of your values. There's always other places to make money. There's always other workplaces. There's always other social groups. It doesn't mean kick these people out of your life, but it it does mean that you, you have the power and the ability to find your crowd and find the people that will push you up and find the people that push up in different areas. And I will leave you just knowing that, delve into this, be yourself more. And you will say, you will attract the right people, you will get more from life, you will achieve more than you thought possible. And if you don't, you will regret it. I promise you that.